Welcome to this teaching from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. Calvary Chapel Divine is just a casual church for everyone. We meet in a common place and we just simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the things that we do emphasize is the sun, salt, and light. We want you to know and grow in the sun, Jesus, but be the salt and the light in this world. If you'd like to get more information on the church, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. You can either come in person or watch online, but you can also submit a prayer request. Or if you have any questions about the church at all, you can just go to our website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, one thing I wanted to do is, is ask y'all um, just to kind of give y'all more of a perspective of what's happening in Afghanistan uh, and and why we need to be in prayer and why you need to be on the phone with your congressman and your sen- senator letting them know that this is a priority, um, especially the one that took off to uh, D.C. He's already there anyway, our guy. Um, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think we, we have a grasp of, of the severity of, of what's happening, especially to uh, the women. Uh, imagine uh, having to place an X on your house if you have a, a child over the age of 12, a, do- a daughter, so she can be taken and become a husband to the Taliban soldier. That's happening right now. If you don't put the X on the, and you do have, they just kill everybody in the house. Um, the other part of it is, is that nobody's talking about is if, if the woman's married and she's 25 years or older, she's taken from her husband and she's sold into slavery or sex slavery. This is all happening right now. Uh, they are in the midst, and this is from uh, one of the uh, underground church uh, newsletters that, that, that puts out um, they are going door to door taking women and children and and so when somebody says we need to pray about it or when they're trying to make uh, this seem like all oh, there they can be worked with or they're you know a nation that should be a nation no yeah no uh, at the end of the day we need to be praying for our country and our leaders, um, that they would wake up. This weekend, we're going to be talking about sin and de- demonic uh, oppression uh, and, and uh, possession. And, and honestly, I do believe that in D.C. we have a lot of people that are being demonically influenced and they need to have those scales removed from their eyes uh, and start doing what's supposed to be done. Uh, I brought this book because I don't know if you have a physical copy of the Bible, but you probably should get one. Because at some point, at some point, I mean, they're pulling stuff off Facebook left and right now. Um, and, and you know, I, I, these devices are not guaranteed. Um, not unless you have it downloaded on your device. Uh, you know, most people don't. They just have it on there, but they don't have it downloaded. And so I would tell you that you need to have a physical copy of your Bible. Um, the other thing, if you have somebody who's a missionary friend who's in Afghanistan, do not post that you need prayer for them. You're basically sending a beacon to the Taliban and to Al-Qaeda of exactly where they're at. 
and what church they came from. And it's easy to track them down. And I'm speaking, that's me in court, we'll talk about that's a, a military thing that, that we just, you, you don't do. Now privately you should ask for prayer or let people know, hey, we need prayer for this because we have a situation that needs prayer. Uh, but realistically, I think, sadly, um, I just, in my, in my lifetime, I, I know guys who served in Iraq and Afghanistan who lost limbs, um, wives that lost husbands, and, and this is not an easy time for veterans. I heard a, a pa not a pastor, but a, a parliament speaker uh, from England talk today. And, and I mean, he shares, if you can find that video, definitely go, go look at it. It's worth, worth listening to. He, he puts it in very basic terms. And so uh, we need to be praying. So we need to pray for Afghanistan. We need to pray for our leaders. You need to pray for your president. Because when we talk about people putting an X on their door and having their daughters taken out of their house, and we're talking about facial wear, we got major problems in our country. Major problems. And, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it, I wrote this in this book when I got this book as a gift. And it says, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. And I can tell you right now, there are a lot of people that need the Word of God right now. And we need to be praying for people that... They come back to their faith, or they, they actually display their faith. Uh, and I, I don't care political, I don't care left, right, I don't care. The worst enemy we have in the United States is the United States. It's politicians. When we stop caring about doing what's right for people, we got problems. And right now, our, our prayer is to, to wake up our leaders. Whatever scale has covered their eyes, to be removed so they can understand good and evil, even if they're not following God. That they would make good decisions. Um, we are to pray for our president. We need to be doing that. I know that's hard for some people. But you need to be praying for him. I prayed for Obama. I prayed for Trump. I prayed for Biden. And we need to be doing that. We need to ask the Lord to surround him with believers. God can do that. But there has to be some good decisions because what's happening in Afghanistan is, is sadly, um, and for America, just to be kind of nonchalantly talking about facial masks and stuff like that it's, it's absolutely atrocious and and you're that's somebody who's been in combat before court's been in combat before don't ever tell and, and and i don't ever tell somebody that those guys didn't fight they fought for that one area that one city for 11 days against a whole army a, a nation of taliban so they, it's not like they all ran away. Some of them fought. And I can guarantee you those fathers are fighting for their daughters that are being yanked out of their house right now. There's a lot of people getting killed. And so we need to be praying for Afghanistan. And uh, we're going to do that now 
as we get into this. And, and the, the whole purpose of us talking about church government and building church God's way is because when turmoil happens, <laughs> we stand on the Word of God. And if you don't think persecution's not around the corner for the United States, you need to wake up. You see how quickly things have crumbled. And, and so we, we really need to be praying for the next generation of, of youth, uh, the next generation of, 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 of young adults to, to not make the mistakes that we've made. Because I, I could tell you, you know, I, I, I've heard it said, I've been in a teaching before where we were doing a grace group and one of the older ladies, and we had young kids in there. And she goes, this is the worst generation. And I'm like, you have kids right now. This is their generation. But I was like, I looked at her and I said, didn't your parents say that about you? Because I know my grandfather did. Y'all are the worst generation I've ever <laughs> We all say that. But at the end of the day, we need to sow into this generation so they don't make the mistakes that, that, that we see being made now. And, and it's very important about who you vote for. If, if it wasn't important to you before, it should be now. And, and if you're prior military and you, you think your job for this country is done, run for, run for Congress. Run for the Senate. Become a mayor or a governor. Because we need people with integrity. People that are going to do the right thing. And all. Uh, we, we're, I'm, I'm tired of seeing career politicians. We've seen it too much, and I know I've, I've kind of gone, but I'm, I'm, I was a little flustered, and I know there are a lot of veterans that are flustered, and a lot of Vietnam vets that are flustered, because this is very eerily similar to Saigon. Those images, those things that get brought up, it's hard for the vets to see this. We don't want to lose. That's not what we're, we're trained to do. But the last thing we want to see is to see little girls being taken from their homes or women being killed because they don't have a facial mask on in the middle of the street, stabbed to death. And so, you know, we need to, we need to be in serious prayer for the, for the country and for all those Americans that are there. 10 to 40,000, they're not... How we don't have a count, I have no clue. But, you know, at the end of the day, they gotta, they got to get them out of there. Because if not, they're collateral damage. They're going to be used. Um, and, and sadly, I, I can't even imagine what the families, the spouses, the moms, the dads are going through right now. And so that's why we, when you see pray for Afghanistan, we need to pray not only for Afghanistan, but we need to pray for our leaders and our allies to come together and figure something out and, and you know, have a, a divine direction from the Lord to help them solve this because this is, this is not good. And we need a, one of those come to Jesus moment for those Taliban. You know, because we're going to talk about that this weekend as we talk about demon possession inside that demon possessed person there was still a man and a soul that needed to be saved and, and it's hard to pray let me tell you 
it is one of the, I was one of the hardest things I had to learn was praying for somebody that tried to kill me. And not having that prejudice when I see them. That I had to ask the Lord to help me with. Can't, you can't say I love your brother and love your sister and have hate in your heart. Because then you're not a Christian. You got to let that go. And so it's one of the hard things. Remember the you know, apostle uh, Paul was killing Christians. And then he came to know Christ. So let's go ahead and pray. And we'll get going. Um, and let's pray. Let's pray for, uh, for Afghanistan. Father God, we do come before you. And we lift up uh, Afghanistan. We lift up the people that are in hiding right now. We pray that you would protect them. Uh, we pray that, uh, that you would protect the girls and the women. Uh, we ask, Lord, for our leaders, for our president. Uh, give him guidance. Give him direction. Uh, he, he claims to be a man of faith. Lord, speak to him. Speak to him. Surround him with people that are, are believers that will, will give, them, give them direction, Lord. We pray for the White House. We pray for the, uh, the staff and, and just the, uh, the leaders in Congress and the Senate uh, to, and our military to, to do what needs to be done uh, to take care and, and uh, protect and the safety of these, uh, these Afghan people as well as our people in America that are stuck in the country. We pray uh, that you would just give direction. We pray for our allies as well, Lord, that they would, uh, that they would just be a coalition uh, that could be worked out. But Father God, at the end of the day, we come to you uh, just in, when we read about these things, it's just so hard to read and, and, and see it on the news is so hard to see. And at the same time, people are climbing on planes and falling off of planes and it, it's they that's how scared they are to be in the country right now and so we we just ask lord for uh for your hand uh to be over this we pray for those that are running to the mountains right now that they would be uh that they would be rescued and at the same time uh they're going to need food and shelter uh, we pray for that um you know at the end of the day lord i pray we have a lot of people that are still uh getting through uh, on the other side of being uh, being sick and so we pray uh, just for that healing uh, to continue to happen uh, I thank you Lord for for Jimmy's sister for uh, for her uh, actually up and talking today they, they they were doing her last rites and and it's just uh, your healing your miracle Lord it's what you do and so it's a reminder of us that that we don't stop praying uh, and I do pray again for Gary and Teresa. They're still struggling and uh, kind of getting on the other side of it as well. We ask that you be with them and, and help them uh, as they are, are sick as well. But, Lord, we pray for this church. We pray for tonight. Uh, we thank you so much for, for just your Holy Spirit helping Sarah get through the song. She did a wonderful, wonderful job. And, and we just pray, Lord, and, and just ask that you bless us and allow us to be here, be present our hearts open and ready to receive and we ask that in jesus name amen amen um i'm sorry if i'm a little i'm a man and so uh i got daughters i know wayne <laughs> same you know 
I got no problem taking a bullet to protect my girls. And so I, it just breaks my heart. So I'm sorry if I get a little, little riled up. And, and, but it, it just, it should, it should wake us up. And, uh, and, uh, and if you haven't seen, Jack Hibbs had a three-day series. What was his name, Miss Don? I forgot his name. I had his name on my head and I forgot it. He spoke for three days. Y'all need to watch that. I'll make sure I post it on the website uh, or on the Facebook or in the YouTube. Y'all need to watch it because it explains everything that's going on with socialism and all the stuff. Jack Hibbs had him on there. And, and I mean, he broke everything down. Um, and it's a three-day series that's, that's on there. And he spoke for three days. It was really good. Um, and definitely worth, worth the, look, the look. And so I would definitely suggest that. Um, so church government. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to church, which is his body and fullness of him who fills all in all. And so... Jesus is uh, the head of the church, um, has appointed, God the Father has appointed Jesus to be uh, the head of the church, and, and so uh, we are the body. Uh, we are what they would consider living stones uh, built upon each other as, uh, as Christ uses us for uh, the ministry. And so uh, one of the things that we look at is there are two types of, of government that's actually, and the reason why we're going over this stuff is because we're an early church, and y'all are the ground foundation. And so we need to have a, a, a foundation of pillars of what we believe. That's why we talked about Acts 2.42 last week. You know, the word, prayer, fellowship, and breaking of bread. And so we need to know, like when we have people come in, you already know, okay, well, we're, we're, we teach the word. We, you know, you have a foundation set of what we believe in and, and how the church is, is led. And so church government, very simple. Uh, we see uh, two types of church uh, government that's found in Scripture. The first one, which is not, it actually happened over church history, is uh, congregational-led. And so uh, it doesn't go well <laughs> most of the time. I don't think I've ever heard of a congregational church that's done well. Um, usually everybody starts fighting with each other, but there's an example of that in Exodus chapter 16, verse 2. It says, And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And so uh, a, a, a congregational rule actually hires a pastor, and, and when they get tired of the pastor, they fire the pastor. Um, that's kind of how that goes. And, and so if, or if the pastor does something that they don't like, I think Chuck had talked about uh, one thing that they, he had did one week where he had everybody meet in a circle, and they did the Bible study that way, and the board lost their mind, and they were like, you got to go. And they, I mean, it just ended, the, ended his time at the church. But what happens is, is when, when we uh, hire somebody as an employee, because that's what they're doing as a congregation. They're basically hiring a pastor. And, and so he's not really been called. Now, he may have been called to be a pastor, but he wasn't called specifically to that church. The congregation hired him. And so we really don't look at that as, as something that Calvary would ever be a part of as a congregational. At least they shouldn't be a congregational uh, church. 
The second is an elder-led church, which we see part of that in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. And it says, And when they appointed elders for them in the church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so uh, we know that eldership church is the same thing. It's, it's, uh, you have a board of elders, and, and within that board of elders, they hire the pastor. They, they really basically hire most of the people for the church, whether it's the worship leader or, uh, or the assistant pastors, but they hire all the pastors. And so, again, you're, you're, you're not really calling anybody. Uh, you're, you're actually having to be careful when you're doing a, a board-led, because if you upset somebody on the board, what's going to happen to you? You're gone. And so that's not something that Calvary does either. The other is the third, which is an overseer or a bishop-led. Uh, you think about the Catholic Church is very you know, familiar with this. And First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 7 says, Therefore, an overseer, and it's talking about what an overseer or a, or a, a bishop would be. As a, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-control respectable hospitable able to teach not a drunkard not violent but gentle not quarrelsome not a lover of money he must manage his own household well uh, with all dignity keeping his children submissive for if someone does not know how to manage his household how will he care for god's church he must not uh he must not be uh, a recent convert or he may become puffed up with uh, conceit and fall into combination uh, of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into the snare of the devil. So basically what, it, what it's saying is that being a recent convert, somebody can't come to know Christ a, a week later or two weeks later or six months later and go, okay, I'm going to be a pastor now. Uh, with, with Calvary, we... And this will happen even in this church, hopefully, as it, as it grows, is we'll look for people that, that fit the role of being a leader. And, and once we see that, that, here's the fun thing. If you're a deacon, you're already doing the job of a deacon before I ever give you the title. I, I learned that the hard way. I was like, I didn't know. They were like, we're going to make you a deacon. I was like, I don't even know what a deacon does. They were like, just keep doing what you're doing. I was like, oh, okay, well, I can do that, you know, but that's kind of, you're already kind of fulfilling that role, but what happens with, if, what happens with some people, you give them a title, and they get, they get puffed up, you know, some people don't know how to handle, and so, when people get titles, uh, one of the things that is part of discipleship is you got to help them through some of those growing pains, I know Joe did that with me, uh, you go through growing pains, you may handle something, it, where he goes, ah, you could have done this, or, you know, you should have prayed about this, or, you, or come talk to me before you jump into that next time. Uh, and, and so you learn as you go, and that's what discipleship, that's why it's so important, discipleship is so important for every church. And, and then what we have is the theocracy model. So the theocracy model is actually based upon what the Israel nation uh, started with, and their demise came when they decided, hey, we want a king. And then they picked King Saul. That's when everything went downhill for them. But for us, we look at the example of a theocracy of God ruling. And so under God, there was a man called Moses. Moses went for God for guidance and direction. Moses was the earthly leader who was recognized as receiving from God's guidance, directions, laws, uh, 
and rules for the nation. It was recognized by the people that, that he was their link to God. And so for us, when we look at Moses, what we do is we look at how would we go to receive the Word of God. And so we, what we do is we basically, we have, uh, you know, Moses was doing everything, and then his, his father-in-law comes and says, hey, you're going to kill yourself. So Moses is doing ministry from morning to late night, and Jethro's like in the lines backed up. And Jethro tells him, hey, you can't keep doing this. You're gonna, this ain't, this ain't going to end well. And so they appoint elders, right? And so, but who's, who's leading is Moses through the theocracy of God. And so basically what we see is that they, they, the congregation, they take the, uh, the elders that were picked and they, they took the spirit of the Lord and they put it on the people uh, that were elders and they were able to make judgments and rulings. And the only time that they would not make judgments and rulings is when they couldn't figure it out and then they would come to Moses and Moses would help them with that thing or that problem. And, and so basically what we have is you have the, the bishop-led church, which is like an Episcopal church, right, or a Catholic church, or you, you have a, a Presbyterian church, which is a, a board of elders. But what Calvary Chapel does is it's a, a, we see kind of a, as Jesus Christ is the head over the body of the church, and it's his church. It's his church. It's not Mike's church. It's, 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 it's Christ's church. And so as pastors, we need to be like Moses in touch with Jesus, receiving his direction and guidance. That's what we do. We, we want to be led by the Lord as we make decisions. We take our time praying about stuff. We, you know, if I tell you, let me get back with you, let me pray about it, it's because I need to go ask the Lord and, and seek it through his word if that's the direction we need to go. And Jude chapter 1 verse 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory and great joy. So it's God who's able to keep me from getting duped, so to say. The moment that I think I got it all under control, we're in trouble. Because that's not, that's not the Lord leading the church, that's Mike. And we don't want that. Uh, what we want to do is we want to we be led by the Lord, guided by His Word. And, and so, are we without blemish? No, I'm just like you. Okay? So, a lot of times what happens is people will look at pastors as personalities, or, or they'll look to that, or somebody that has a, a title or something. But we're just like you. We're, we're sinners just like you. We need the hospital just like you do. Um, you know, this is the church is for the sick, and I'm sick too. You know, I need the church too. And, and so, you know, but I am not, uh, one of the things that I do is I am I, asking for that control to be done by the Lord. I'm asking for the leading to be done by the Spirit. And, and so we, one of the things that we, we want is we want to have the church as, as a pastor. I make the decisions for the church. And this is very important so we understand this. I make the decisions for the church led by the Lord, seeking God um, and His will. And then at some point, probably towards the end of the year, a board will be picked. And the board's already kind of guys that, that are senior pastors. 
I believe most of them have been in ministry for over 20 years. Um, and, and so the reason why we're doing that is because they know me. I've served with them for more than, I think most of them I've served with for more than 10 years. And so they know me. I want somebody who knows me who can say, Mike, come on. That, that's you, bro. You need, to, you need to stop doing that because that's how you used to be back in the day. That's your flesh. I need somebody who can call me out. And let me tell you, there's nobody can call me out like Joe. Joe will call me out. And all he has to do is give you the eyebrow. And you know, okay, I, what did I do? And you know immediately. But at the same time, what we want is, is I want when we're making decisions about budgets or we're making decisions about plans for the church and you want to have somebody who's going to be able to give you that wisdom and you take that wisdom that they give you and then you pray over it you seek god you seek the word and you make the decision and so you know i'm hoping at some point that when we when we uh get everything going as far as the board that you know at some point we'll have guys here that will be on it you know we'll see where that goes and um I'm, I'm on the board for, for Grace Calvary Chapel. And so I'm still on the board for Grace. They, they, they told me they were going to keep me on. I was like, I wasn't expecting it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want to have people that know you and that will, they, you respect their opinion and their guidance and their wisdom. And you don't want somebody who's only been a pastor for two, three years. You want somebody who's been a pastor for a while. Because then uh, I've sat in those board meetings, and I think Wayne has as well. When you hear those older guys speak, it's such wisdom when they talk. They, economy of words, you know. They'll say a little bit, and and I mean it's it's just like wow. Okay, now I, you know I can let me pray about that because that makes a lot of sense. And so we want a board, and that's going to happen. That's got to happen actually. Uh, and so we're looking at doing it. We were looking at doing it by the end of the year, and that's that's what the plan is. As we, uh, I, again, when we have a board, we have to present the budget for the year. We have to present what came in, what came out, where things went. It's it's accountability for me. You know, it's all that stuff is very important. Or, you know, that's why at the end of the day, we we uh, we want to have elders we want to have a board at some point those things are important but it starts with the foundation the church grows and from that little plant the church will grow and hopefully the men that grow from that will you know become uh, helpers in the board and and uh and and disciple the other men you know that's that's the hope and the promise of that that we're you know we pray for them were guided and controlled and directed. So Calvary Chapel was guided uh, and controlled and directed by Jesus. That's the easiest way to remember it. So as a pastor, that's what we want. Uh, we, we do not worry or we're not driven by personalities or programs or money, uh, the need for owning a building. Uh, God has provided this for us right now. It's awesome. You know, at the end of the day, we get our air conditioning. What else can we ask for, Right especially in Texas. We're not guided by events. So this event coming up for the, the praise and worship, trust me, we won't do this again this year. It'll be this one, and then maybe next year we'll do something else. But we're not going to do a bunch of event after event after event because that's just going to burn y'all out. 
Um, the other thing is, is we don't want to be uh, a program church where we're trying to look for that next program or that next thing to do. We want to be guided by the Word of God. And, and Calvary Chapel, that's what they're known for. They're known by being led by the Holy Spirit. They're known by, by teaching the Word of God, keeping it simple, right? I think Chuck's thing was simply teaching the Word of God simply. And that's what we want to do. We want you to know that when you come in, you're going to be fed. No matter what Calvary Chapel you show up at. You can go to California. You can come to Texas. You can go to, to, to Stone Mountain, Georgia, where Sandy is, Pastor Sandy. And you're going to get fed the Word of God. And that, that's, that's the purpose of it. Uh, when we look at churches, there's four phases to a church. The first phase is the infancy, the beginning of the church. And, and so the initial period is... We develop relationships, and, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're starting with the, the, the basis of discipleship and learning the Word of God. And, and then the second phase is when we develop and start to grow. It's, it's, it's during that time ministry develops, and the size and scope gets a little bit bigger. And, you know, there's an expansion of people that happen. That's the second phase. The third phase happens when you're, you hit the mature phase. And that's the stage where uh, developing ministries run smoothly because there's plenty of people to serve and jump into those ministries. Uh, everything just continues to, to flow uh, as the church begins to grow. And, and then the history of the church begins, really. Uh, but what happens in the fourth phase is the phase that most churches struggle with, and that's the declining phase. Uh, this is a church that becomes fossilized. Has anybody ever been in a church that was fossilized? Okay, fossilized is a church, real easy. Anybody over the age of 60, that's all that's in the church. The church is fossilized. What I mean by that is you don't have generations of people in the church. You got to have generations of people in the church because who's going to continue the church when you're not here? So in my head, I'm already like, I got it maybe 15, 20 years if I'm lucky. Well, not lucky if I'm blessed. It, it, and, and so I'm already praying, Lord, I'm going to need you to provide me somebody because I'd like to see this continue. I'd like to see your church continue to grow here in Divine. But it's going to require somebody a little bit younger, right? And what we want to see is you want to see it uh, not just multi-generational, but multi-racial in the church, right? That's one of the problems that you see uh, a lot in the South is you have, that's the black church over there and the white church is over there and the Hispanic church is over there. That's not Calvary Chapel. That's what I love about Calvary Chapel. Growing up in Calvary Chapel, when I, when I started coming to Calvary Chapel and, and growing in the Lord with Calvary Chapel, I, that was one of the things I loved because it was like the military. You work with all, all different people in the military. And that's what I loved about Calvary Chapel. It was a church for everybody. And that's how it's supposed to be. So yeah, we can get anybody that walks through the door. And everybody's welcome. And so, you know, at the end of the day, what happens with those fossilized churches is they'll stop growing and they die. That there's nobody to take it over. I got a friend of mine that's actually in the midst of trying to revive a fossilized church. And they're right next to a college, which makes no sense. And they own the building, which makes no sense. 
but they didn't they didn't plan like that and so as for us you know that's one of the things we need to that's why children's ministry is so important and youth are so important because they're the next generations for the church i can remember when little matt was five years old in bbs you know and zeke and all those little kids and i'm like and then nico and them are doing worship on wednesday night 16 years old Growing the church, next next generation. Is it perfect worship? The heart is there. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. This is the Holy Spirit. 16 years old to go up and play the guitar and do sing in front of the congregation on a Wednesday night. But that's the joy of the church is you get to see the next generation come up and, and grow. And so remember what it says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says, uh, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So look, 2,000 years the gates of hell have tried to keep the church from, from going. The stuff that's going on in Afghanistan, what's going to happen to the church? It's going to go underground. It was kind of already underground, but it's going to go underground now. And the church will grow. When there's persecution, the church grows. Um, and, and so just remember as we, you know, look at churches, uh, building the churches is, is, is the work of the Lord. It's not, it's not the man's job to, to do that, but God uses man, right? You were, you were saved by, by grace, not, you know, saved by grace, not by faith, but you know, there's nothing that you can do to earn that, but you're prepared for good works. And that's something that we need to remember is like you're that living stone that God is building upon. You're the, the body of Christ and God is using you as you become born into the church. So there's no membership in the church. I don't think I've ever heard of a Calvary Chapel. I think I heard of one that tried it. It didn't end well. There's no membership for a Calvary Chapel. One of the things that we want is we, we want just as we come to church, we're, uh, one of the things that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to, we're called to, uh, to go out and share the gospel. But one thing we should be, should be doing is we should be playing our part in that by talking to our neighbors and our friends and our family and workers and, and, uh, and just letting them know, hey, you know, the church is here. And inviting them to church, that's part of, part of the thing. You know, healthy sheep beget, begets healthy sheep. And so we're supposed to, God is using you to connect and share with others to reach people. In John chapter 1, verse 40 and 42, it says, One of the, the two heard, and this is why it's important, because Peter didn't just go to Christ. He didn't show up at the church, right? It was his brother that brought him. Right? And one of the two who heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And his, he first found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. Bring people to Jesus. Welcome them when they come through the door. Make them feel like this is home. You know? This is a place where broken people come. We were, we were broken once, and Christ saved us. We, we, we need to be a, a church that is spirit-led and, and the Word of God guiding us. That's, that's what the foundation of the church is. 
for each individual. Now, one thing that's very important to remember, did God, did Chuck want the hippies at first? No. It was Kay. Kay was the one who opened up and started talking to them. It was Miss Kay. And then Chuck's heart softened, and then they started having people at the house. They started having people sleep at the house. They started ministering to people. People started coming to church, and, and next thing you know, they have just this whole hippie movement that happens and and it's 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 the 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 fact that that that's a beautiful thing because sometimes we can be hard-headed even as pastors you know we can be hard-headed but we have to show grace to people it was Kay that did that Kay, she was like i want to talk to a hippie so if you ever if 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 you're ever looking for uh, for you women that are, are looking for good, solid teaching, the Word for Today app has Miss Kay's teachings on there. Solid. I mean, solid teaching. And definitely worth, worth looking at or listening to because I don't think they did video back then. Definitely, definitely worth listening to. So uh, as we look at the Word of God, it, it says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, then he said to them, this is the word of the Lord's Zerubbabel, not by my might, nor by my power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And so it's, it's God that's going to do the building of the church. One of the things that we have to be very, very careful with is, is when we try to, just remember, the more that we try to strive to gain, there's more to maintain. Okay? You want to be a 200-person church or a 300-person church? It's a lot of commitment. It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of people moving in one direction, doing what God is calling them to do, and it's a lot. It's you know uh, there's a responsibility that comes with that. So we we pray that you know we want to grow, but at the same time we need to be prepared. Especially as a small church, we need to be you know asking the Lord to help prepare us for that. Because just like we have Miss Kathy, Miss Kathy would be able to minister to young women. You know, that's something that, that God could do, you know, and use you for. And, and you know, Sarah has the heart to, to want to teach women at some point, hopefully. I know I'm putting her on the spot, but I know she don't feel good today, so. <laughs> but, but it's like, that's what, it's like having that heart of, of wanting to understand that God can use you and, and, you know that, that that that's a wonderful thing to uh, to understand but within that it's my train within that you have to strive the thing that you strive to get right you have to maintain it now one thing that we won't do is we're not going to do it because we just want to do it it has to be spirit-led okay if you come to me and said you know what mike i was praying about this and i, I the lord put this on my heart and I think this is something that I want to do, then I'm going to tell you to run with it. But I'm going to tell you one thing I learned from Pastor Joe. If you come to me and tell me this is what I want to do, then you're going to do it. <laughs> it's going to be you that goes with and do it. We'll support you and help you do it. But it's God put it on your heart. And one of the things that I love is when God puts something on your heart, you see those doors open up and you get to serve and, and be a part of it. But it's you want to be spirit-led. We're not going to be doing things out of programs or... Um, or trying to, to try to do it just because we want to do it. What will happen is if we, 
If we keep trying to do things like event after event after event, you'll just burn out. That's why I always ask y'all, and I don't mean, and if I, if I offend you by asking you, do you need a break? It's okay to take a break. It's okay, because I don't want you to burn out. It's, it's because I understand. I've been there before. I've been there, you know, serving two ministries on Sundays, one on Wednesdays, men's studies we used to have one. I used to have every day of the week except for Friday taken care of. And it's very easy to, to try to hang on and you get tired. And guess what? You got a family, you got kids, you got a husband or a wife. And so when I ask you, it's not because I'm trying to get you to quit. I'm asking you because I just want to make sure you're okay. I'm just, I guess one of the pastors told me a long time ago, check the temperature in the room. Just how are you doing? You know, it's, it, it's okay. You know, at the, at the end of the day, one of the things we want to do is, is we, we want you to do things because you're being called to do them, not because you're making yourself do them. We want you to do it because you were called to do it. And, and that, let me tell you something, you don't get exhausted when you're doing that. It's like Sarah saying, I, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to say, it's like, I wish I could sing like that on a bad day. But that's the Holy Spirit. On, on Sunday, getting through all the, even the, the fast song that we were like, that she was so worried about, and it was like, it sounded, it was like, come on, you know? But that's the Holy Spirit. So we, when, when we talk about that, we, the, the, our key for Calvary Chapel, we don't, we're not about the hype, okay? We're not going to be like Elevation when you got 20 people on stage, all of them with mics and the fog going and all the, we're not doing that. Okay, that's not happening. Uh, we're gonna. One of the things that Calvary Chapel is is we rely on being led by the Spirit, and it's the Word of God that we trust in. That if y'all get anything out of this, this is all I need y'all to get. It's the Word of God that we trust in, that we teach, that we rely on. It's the foundation upon which we are built. It's inexhaustible. There's no burnout with it. It keeps going and going and going. And Chuck said, for this reason, we have a relaxed, casual style that reflected in our ministry, and it's his church, so we don't have to sweat it. Now, are you going to get tired? You get tired. It happens. But that's why it's important to take those, those moments of breaks, take those moments of, hey, I need to, I'm going to go out of town this weekend. It's okay. You do what you got to do, you know, because your, your spiritual health is just as important, you know, to the ministry. And, and so I always worry about court sitting there every time because I remember sitting there every time, and my wife sat over here, and she was like, I just want to sit with you. After two years of it, she was just like, I just want to sit with you for one service, just one. And so we had to rearrange all that stuff to do that. And so, but it, I had to... That was hard because I had to let go. But when I let go, guess what? God put somebody else in place to help out. That was part of it. And, and so, you know, God wants to use each of us. And right now as a small church, really the key that we need to be focused on is, is focus on the Word. Focus on growing. Growing from the Word. Being guided by the Word. Right? Right? The four pillars, right? What are the four pillars? 
the Word of God, prayer, fellowship, and breaking of bread. Those four pillars, if we stick to those, we'll be good. If we start getting away from those, Wayne will, and Court, y'all hold me accountable and y'all say, hey, Mike, this, you're coming off the rails a little bit. You like that train. You're about to come off the rails. Y'all hold me accountable. I'm serious. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're the early church. We're that little tiny, tiny plant <laughs> just barely sprouting up. And we're just begging, Lord, let the roots take. And let's see what God wants to do in divine. Because He's going to build this church, not me. He's going to do it through what? His Word. We just need to be led by the Spirit and be guided by His Word. And we need to grow. That's part of it. I don't want you sitting here getting fat on the Word. That's the last thing I want. I don't need a bunch of theologians. I've seen what that does in a church. I've seen some of the smartest guys I knew But there was no application. They could break down the Bible like you wouldn't believe. Went to Bible study fellowship. I want to say three days a week. And then eventually started teaching Bible study fellowship. And, and unfortunately his family fell apart. And, and it's sad because, I mean, theologically, he could break that Bible down like that but he couldn't apply it. He couldn't apply it. He couldn't actually take what he was learning and apply it in his life. So let's go ahead and pray. And uh, next week we'll be empowered, empowered by the Spirit. And we'll talk about the Spirit-led. Uh, we'll actually get into, I'm not sure next week if we'll get into all of the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, but we will get into the gifts of the Spirit in either that chapter, I'm trying to think, there's two chapters that, are, that deal with the Spirit, and, and both of those will deal with uh, uh, being led by the Spirit, but also the gifts of the Spirit. Now, every one of you got one at least. So everybody has one gift at least exercise, and so we'll go over those. But uh, keep praying for our country. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating. Um, but we need prayer. We need prayer. We need, to, we need to keep going to the Lord. Keep praying for Afghanistan. And, um, you know, if you, if you have daily prayer time, which I hope you do, add that to your prayer list. Pray for the little girl. I, I can't even imagine as a dad and a mom. Um, it's just, it, it's sad. You know, it really is. And so we need to be praying for them. Pray for our Texas, wonderful Texas, you know, uh, for, I guess, the, uh, the different things that are going on in this state that they're so happy to put on the news. <laughs> and pray for our governor. Our governor's got COVID, so, you know. But he's doing well. He's saw the video of him today. He looked like he was ready to go and all. But, uh, but yeah, we just need to be, be in prayer for this county and for this city and for the state of Texas and our nation. We're in a very crucial point in our country where we're either going to there are going to be men of God that are going to stand up and women of God that are going to stand up for God's word or this country is going to fall like a like a folded chair at the beach it'll just 
we we have to stand for the word of God. You know. So, you know, call your congressman, call your senator, get or send an email. You don't have to do that. Just say, hey, I'm concerned and I want to know what we're doing. And I want to know why there aren't hearings right now. Because that, that should be happening. And all. Uh, and so, you know, we have <laughs> we have power. I mean, we just need to get on our knees and be praying. So we need to be doing that. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We do pray and again lift up the, the nation of Afghanistan. We pray, Lord, uh, there are Christians that are hiding right now that are being hunted down. Uh, we pray for um, the Americans that are there. We also pray for those, that, uh, those Afghanistan people that helped us and, and kept us safe, all the interpreters and and just all the different people that helped the military while they were there. We also pray for our military uh, that is surrounded right now at the airport. Keep them safe, Lord. Uh, we pray for our president. We pray for uh, the leaders. We pray for our Congress and our Senate to, to do what is right in your eyes. Um, and Lord, if there's anything going on that's in the dark, shake it out and bring it to the light. We pray for that. Uh, whether it's in the Pentagon, whether it's in the White House, whether it's in the Congress, whether it's in the Senate, uh, we at this point, you know, we're just asking, Lord, for your, uh, just as a nation, Lord, we know that, uh, that we need you. And, and we're plea, uh, coming to you and, and pleading to you that, that this is uh, a cry that uh, is just sad to see, you know. It's, it's really sad to see. But this is what happens when a nation turns away from, from you, as this nation has done. Um, slowly but surely, we've removed, removed you from the, the, the schools, removed you from the courthouses, and, um, and they're removing you from, uh, removing you from, the, from the Congress and, and from the Senate. And, and, I mean, we see people go up with their favorite book instead of swearing to the Bible as they, they're sworn in. It's, 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 it's just sad. You know, I, we got here because we're knuckleheads, uh, plain and simple. And so we pray, Father God, wake us up. Let us turn back to you. Uh, you know, as we finish the book of Nehemiah, one of the things we talked about was revival, and it begins with us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would revive us. I pray that you would help us uh, to be prayer warriors, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to just, even if we have to list out the names of the senators, list out the names of the congressmen and pray for each one of them. We, we need to do all that, um, that we would just see a mighty, your mighty hand turn things around that it would be only something that god that you would do lord and so uh we pray for that also pray for those that are sick pray for our governor who's uh, got COVID as well just pray for our uh for texas i know a lot of people especially at the border are struggling with uh, uh being over inundated with uh with covid uh, right now and we just pray for the resources and the things they need and we also pray for this city and this county lord uh, we pray for the night of worship. We thank you so much for uh, just bringing everything together, but we just pray for that night um, and just ask, Lord, for your hand to be over it, for it to be spirit-led, and uh, pray for the word that Pastor Wade Collier is going to bring as well. We thank you, and we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, Sunday, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, demonic possession.
that's going to be fun. <laughs> but it, it's it's uh, wonderful to, to, to kind of see what sin does to somebody. And you kind of get a bigger picture of why we're in the mess that we're in. And all because you see what happens when somebody gives up uh, a lot of their life to the devil and and to following uh, their every whim. And so we'll talk about that Sunday. So if you need to get a hold of me, calvarydivine.org. God bless y'all. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless. Thank you.